Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my guy, Sean Kerner. We're here to preview week number five in DFS. Sean, what's going on, man? What's up? I, I was bummed that you were able to make it out um, and go watch Monday Night Football with uh, my buddies. So, um, yeah, I, you know, I was driving out, out over to my buddies. Bobby and weaving through actual lightning, um, wondering, hey, is this is this game gonna get delayed or you know even play tonight? And lo and behold, we had our first weather delay at SoFi. So um, you're you're bringing that New York weather with you. I don't like it. I know. I I heard it never rains in, in Southern California. Not only rain, <laughs> but it, it was lightning. It, um, it wasn't even raining that much though. It was just lightning. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh no, it's, it's still rain. It's still water on my balcony. My balcony would would beg to differ. There's, there's, there's rain. There was rain. It did rain. Any uh, lightning uh, by you though? Oh yeah. I, there yeah. was, it was, I would say more lightning here than, than I saw on the, the telecast of the game. Um, so yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. I was, I was kind of surprised. Um, but I was also confused for a second. Cause I was like, wait, does it so far had a, have a roof? And then they kind of <laughs> yeah. explained the same thing. Everyone was wondering like, oh yeah, they do have a roof, but it's still open on the side. And I was like, that doesn't make sense, but okay, whatever. Um, geniuses, yeah, and I, I so I was on the fence, I didn't have any action on the game. I, I did like the Chargers minus three, despite the lack of home field advantage. But the uh, the lightning bolts was a sign, so I ended up betting on the Chargers, um, which which helped make make up for my uh horrible Jalen Gutton prop. So I ended up winning <laughs> last night, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Brian Edwards got like one catch. Uh, I did have uh, the under the first half under and the full game under, though. Um, nice. The Raiders defense, you know, it's better than expected, but you know, yeah. they got Austin Eckler, a great game for him. But let's get into this uh this week five slate. We're gonna switch the format up a little bit. Uh people have been wanting us to talk a little more, you know, lineup building uh prices and things like that. So we're gonna go position by position in this one and see how it goes here. Uh we'll still do one prop, you know, for for each position, uh, but we'll kind of go, you know, through the studs, who are we higher, we low on, uh, our DFS cheat code, you know, we'll go with uh some cheap guys who we like. So uh let's jump right in here at quarterback. And oh no, wait, let me say that again. But uh we're gonna start with the Thursday night slate, and we'll talk about the showdown slate, the one game slate uh for Thursday night. It should be a good one between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I guess, first of all, just kind of talk about the game scripts. I 
kind of see a Rams rebound here. Uh, I thought, I thought, you know, coming off the, the game with the Patriots, you could see a little bit of a letdown spot because uh, that's just how, you know, human nature goes. But if you look historically at Sean McVay, uh, he is eight and two against the spread on the road coming off of a loss. Uh, he's about 67% against the spread coming off a loss, you know, in all games. So uh, I trust him to have these guys ready here uh, in this spot. I still think Seattle's a little bit overrated. I've actually been playing Seattle really well this year, just kind of figuring out, you know, when they're going to go off, when they're going to kind of not go off. And like, this is a, a game where I worry a little bit about Seattle. Um, I, I thought they got lucky kind of getting a half a Trey Lance to, to play against in that second half. So um, who do you like? Uh, for this matchup uh, on the one game slate in, in DFS. If you had to go with like a captain, uh, is it still Cooper cup? Uh, is it one of the Seahawks receivers? Uh, who do you like here? Yeah, I, I still like Cooper cup. He might be a little too obvious here. Um, I, I think DK Metcalf might be contrarian, right? Cause he'll, he'll probably match up with Jalen Ramsey. He struggled against him last year. Um, so maybe his roster ship is a bit too low here. Um, so I haven't decided who I want as captain, but I certainly think a guy like Tyler Higby um, is still being overlooked. Um, you know, he's still running a healthy 75% routes run rate. It's only a matter of time until he busts out for a big game. We, all, we also know like he's um, going to be a threat in the red zone. So a two touchdown game from him wouldn't surprise me, but there's a ton of fancy goodness in this game. Um, the one guy that I wanted us to kind of talk about real quick is Chris Carson. And what's going on there? Because, you know, I have him in almost every one of my leagues. <laughs> um, and I'm just wondering where the, the consensus is with him because um, he's been slipping a little bit and Alex Collins had a bigger role this week. Um, so are you concerned about him at all? Or like, what do you think is going on there? Are they just trying to, you know, monitor Carson's rep since we have a 17 game season? Or is Alex Collins really turning this into a like committee? Well, first of all, you can't ask me about no consensus. I don't fucking know. I don't. I don't. I don't look at nobody else. Especially on a fucking Tuesday rankings, morning. except yours, really. Because we're I, the I, only people that have rankings up right now. Right. I mean, they're in the same <laughs> spreadsheet, so I, I gotta look at yours. But I don't. I don't know what the fuck consensus thing. And I don't really care. Obviously, except for projecting how what percentage of the time a player is going to be rostered. Obviously, uh, I do think you know just based on common sense, Chris Carson. Uh, kind of gets outproduced by Alex Collins last week. He, his workload gets eaten into uh, that. We're going to see a downturn in, in the confidence in, in Carson. I'm not as worried as I was initially when I saw the, the usage numbers. And here's why. Pete Carroll loves Chris Carson. Pete Carroll knows they have a game on Thursday night, a very important game against the Los Angeles Rams. He knows that they don't want to get like, He's ne- he just doesn't want to get in shootouts. It's not that he knows he doesn't want to. He just yeah. he doesn't like to get in shootouts. This is clear. And so I think they were just kind of saving him up because if you look at the first half carries, Chris Carson had seven and Alex Collins had three. So that's still 70% for Carson, which is right where we want him to be. And right where he's kind of been is that lead back. The average lead back, it's about 70% of the backfield carries just throughout the NFL, you know, just, just over two thirds. So I actually don't think... It's a reason to panic. I just think that when you saw Trey Lance come in for the Niners, when the Seahawks started to grab control of that game and you realize that Trey Lance couldn't throw, um, they were like, okay, hey, let, let's, you know, let's ride Collins a little bit. You know, Penny's still hurt. Homer and Dallas, they look at them as strictly third down backs, I believe, you know, hurry up backs kind of thing. So I just think it was more of a, we got a game Thursday. We might want to give this guy 20 carries. Let's, 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 yeah. uh, let's be smart. 
I can see that. And, you know, I, I just think this is a pretty good matchup, too. You know, the Rams have been sort of inviting the run. Uh, mm-hmm. They rank 22nd in DVO against the run. So I wonder, since this, it's going to be hard to be contrarian on the slate, I wonder if playing both Chris Carson and Alex Collins might be a sneaky play here because we saw James Conner and Chase Edmonds hit value last week. Um, so this is a situation I could see both ending up with the touchdown here. Um, it's just a sneaky play playing both running backs because I think that there's there's enough uh, yards to go around for both to hit. I, no? I, I think I think the best play is fading out. It's Collins. Like, oh, he just, oh. he, he's a backup running back that just came off like a game that was better than the starting running back. And now oh. he's going now he's going against the classic spot where like the other team's coach like has his team rearing to go. This yeah, could be no a co- sh- like a one carry Alex Collins. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm not I, I projecting Alex Collins him. to go off, but he's, been, <laughs> he's at least been seeing some receiving usage. Um, at the expense of Chris Carson. So I'm just saying it could be closer to a 50-50 committee than I would hope as somebody that has Chris Carson almost every league. Nah. Um, that's why I'm being just a little bit pessimistic. Okay, nah. so that, that makes me feel better. I so mean, just yeah, I, I, I'm just saying, I'm going to be, like, let's use our common sense here. Pete Carroll loves Chris Carson. Alex, Con- like I said this at the beginning of the year, I said Alex Collins could easily overtake Rashad Penny. I'm yes. not, I'm not debating that. But like, would like would we be trying to play Rashad Penny in this spot, even if Penny did have like a randomly good game, because just, of like uh, a team he, had a backup quarterback in yeah. the second half? I don't think so. I agree. I think, okay, so Chris Carson in the captain slot for me. Yeah. So okay. yeah, and I so I think Carson is a great play in the captain spot. I think the other guy uh, we should talk about in that spot is Robert Woods because this is like my weekly, when I do my research, I have like a a document where I just kind of write down key things of each game that I need to like, you know, kind of get my, my sensors on. And one thing is always who is going to line up on the right side at wide receiver against Seattle because they, they did bench Trey flowers last week. I, I figured that this was going to happen sooner or later, but uh, Sidney Jones replaced him. His PFF grade is currently at 35.9 and combined. So, you know, both of them have been utterly terrible. If you look at their stats combined, opponents are 21 of 25 for 378 yards with three touchdowns and no picks against Flowers and Jones combined. Two thirds of that is Flowers, about one third of that is Jones. So that's an 84% completion rate, 15.1 yards per target, not reception, per target. And 18 yards per catch. Bobby Woods in the captain spot could easily outproduce uh, Cooper Cup this week. I still love Cup. He's still a top three receiver yeah. uh, for me. But this is a this is a Bobby Woods smash spot. You know, we've kind of been like, where is he at with these last three weeks? Averaging about 92 uh, percent routes run per drop back after 67 percent in week one. So he, regardless of what McVay is doing with Van Jefferson, with Deshaun Jackson. It, Robert Woods is back in that mix and yeah. uh, he's also getting a, probably he's getting like about a rush attempt per game, maybe even two some games. So this is for me, it's going to be a lot of Robert Woods. It's going to be a lot of Chris Carson and it's going to be uh, fading Collins. Yeah. And I, I think honestly, you have to have some flyers of Van Jefferson and Deshaun Jackson mm-hmm. um, sprinkle them in, but it, it's just nice to have a Thursday night game like this after a couple of weeks of Texans and Jaguars and, Bengals and <laughs> whatever we've seen the past few weeks. So, uh, yeah, can't wait for this matchup. Yeah, Jefferson is uh, a great in, in a great spot too. Uh, yeah. He's I'm projecting him for about you know 82, 83 percent routes run. And then Jackson, I like him because you're going to get a lot of single high safety 
with Seattle. And so that's going to weave inevitably weave Jackson one-on-one um, down the field at some point. So like Mike that Debo Samuel wide open touchdown we saw. Absolutely. Yeah. That's not, no, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Cause Trey Lance, like, man, these, this rookie quarterback class, like we, <laughs> we may have jumped the gun because none of these players look like they can throw like that. It's that Mac Jones, but like, this is a problem. This is becoming a problem. Like, I mean, I know Lance had great stats, but he, he doesn't look like he can throw. So like, uh, it's just, it's problematic. All right. So Sean, let's, let's go to the main slate here. And let's start with the stud quarterbacks on DraftKings. We have four quarterbacks that are probably seven K or higher. Kyler Murray uh, at eight K Tom Brady at seven, the 400 Aaron Rodgers at 7,100 and Jalen hurts at seven K even of those four guys. If you're paying up at quarterback uh, in a tournament or maybe even in cash games, uh, who's your guy out of these four? It's gotta be Jalen hurts. Um, he is the human version of a cheat code at quarterback. And, you know, this is a tougher matchup. I'm finally conceding to you. The Panthers is a tough matchup, but Jalen hurts. <laughs> Jalen hurts is matchup proof. So it doesn't matter. So maybe his roster ship will be a bit lower this week. It seems like the market is always underestimating Jalen hurts last week on fancy pros. I had him rank fourth and his ECR was seven um, and he finished top four. So I think I'm going to continue betting on Jalen hurts until he fails me. Um, so I'm going with Hertz here at 7K, just too cheap still. I love Jalen Hurts this week, and here's why. Jalen Hurts is facing this Panthers defense that, yes, it is, as I thought it might be earlier in the season, a lot better than we expected. But you know what Carolina's been doing more than any other team in the league? Blitzing. They lead the league with a 42% blitz rate, according to Pro Football Reference Advanced Stats. So they're blitzing 42% of the time. Jalen Hurts kills the blitz. Jalen Hurts this season, when blitzed, is averaging 8.7 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, no picks. That is brilliant. That's higher yards per attempt than any other situation, whether it's pressured, kept clean, or not blitzed. It's when he's blitzed that he's averaging the most yards per attempt. This is the same story as last season. Last season, 51 attempts while blitzed, 8.8 yards per attempt, four touchdowns, one pick. So you're talking about a guy who's thrown eight touchdowns already while blitzed in his NFL career uh, on fewer than 100 pass attempts. That's great. Eight touchdowns on 98 pass attempts while blitzed while averaging, you know, upwards of eight and a half yards per attempt. Uh, So he's going to make them pay or, you know, they're going to have to change up their whole scheme, which, you know, that's it. That's advantage offense. Now you're dictating to the to the defense. And if you're sitting back, then hurts, you know, that's going to open up the run game. That's going to open up hurts moving around. You know, that's going to I think that's going to make it easier. So I think I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles win this game. And uh, I know, you know, you're seeing the total kind of low in this game. So it's not going to be a game that everyone's looking at to target. Carolina has good defensive stats. But this is a tailor made matchup based on scheme for Jalen Hurts to go off yet again. So I I love that call. Yeah. And, you know, what was one of the knocks on him going into the season? You know, his accuracy. Um, So on the season, he has a 66.2% completion percentage. Um, And according to Next Gen Stats, um, you know, his expected completion percentage is 63.9. So he's, you know, much more accurate this year. I think you called that too, heading into the season, that his – his stats were skewed because of the last game or something like you had. A yeah. Take on he that. got benched in the Washington game that yeah. they obviously didn't want to win. And they, <laughs> exactly. were, and they were playing like a hungry Washington 
defense that like had playoff aspirations. So and that was twenty five percent of a sample last year, right? Or you know, yeah, like, it was like, come on. I mean, it, it was overblown. All the all the negative things about him were overblown. Um, and he, he's proving everybody wrong right now. So um, I still think the market's not giving him enough love here. Yeah, it's the other, it's the rookies who stink. Right? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's not, not yeah. Jalen Hurts. Like, um, so yeah, I, I think that Jalen Hurts is, uh, I would say he's a he's a cash play again um, this week. But okay. all right, all right, John. Uh, so before we get to our DFS cheat code uh, for quarterbacks, Give me somebody that you are a little bit lower on that maybe you're fading that you think is going to have higher rostership than deserved. Uh, for me, it's Aaron Rodgers, and I don't I don't know if he's going to have high rostership because he is seventy one hundred. That price might scare people away, but I'm also scared of this matchup. You know, the Bengals could get Jesse Bates back this week, so um, they're a defense that could give him some trouble. I think the loss of Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, definitely hurts Aaron Rodgers' upside. So obviously he's going to lean on Devontae Adams here, um, and I think he'll still have a good game. But right now Aaron Rodgers is my QB fourteen. Um, he just, you know, he he used to have that rushing upside, uh, you know, back in the day. And last week he did get a rushing touchdown, but we just can't project him for much um, in the running game. So he just doesn't have sort of the the ceiling anymore to warrant a price like this uh, in a tougher matchup. So he's he's my fade of all the quarterbacks, uh, you know, priced above sixty five hundred this week. Yeah, I think Rodgers is my QB 13. Yeah, he's my QB 13 right now, so I'm right in line with that. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is another defense, along with Carolina, uh, a lot better than we thought this year. But, it's yeah, it's just that Aaron Rodgers not really giving you anything on the ground to warrant that price. Like, yeah, he could always go off for those, you know, three, four touchdown games. But uh, at this point, it looks like playing Devontae uh, is a better play than playing uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, for me, uh, it's going to be Sam Darnold. I, I just don't like the price tag up there at $6,600, $300 less than Dak Prescott, uh, $100 more than Kirk Cousins and, and Ryan Tannehill, $200 more than Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I just think, and, and Daniel Jones there at, at $6K, uh, I think is a lot better bet than Sam Darnold this week. So uh, I know he's getting the rushing touchdowns. We do expect that to regress at some point. He's not going to continue to At lead some the point. league. In, right. He's not going to continue <laughs> to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. And, you know, I know he got some some garbage time stats in last week, you know, DJ Moore as well. But this is another matchup where, you know, just like the Cowboys had Trevon Diggs, you know, the, the Eagles have Darius Slay. They can take away that number one threat and more, uh, you know, and maybe there's not the same t- kind of garbage time in this one. So uh, I think Darnold is, a, I know he's been playing well. And I, I, I admit that, it's, 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 it looks like a Jets issue there. Like, it looks like Darnold is a competent quarterback. Uh, they're doing good things with him in Carolina. But uh, you got, this is a market, right? You have to buy and sell based on the prices. And Sam Darnold, in my opinion, should not be priced above Kirk Cousins uh, and Daniel Jones, at least not this week. So Darnold is the fade for me. Uh, Sean, let me get your – let's get a DFS cheat code. Uh, so somebody outside that stud tier, uh, outside of Jalen Hurts, that you really like this week. You have to know where I'm going with this. And it's Trey Lance at 5,700. Yes, I know he didn't look 100% NFL ready last week, uh, but it didn't matter. In one half of football, he still put up the QB 13 score. And it just goes to show how valuable these rushing stats are. Um, You know, unlike Justin Fields, I think we are going to see Trey Lance um, really lean on his legs here. 
Um, he had seven carries for like 41 yards um, last week. So it, this is if he does play, you know, I think Kyle Shannon is leaving the door open for Jimmy G to possibly start. So um, obviously Lance needs to start for me to play him, but right now it's looking that way. So I think at 5,700, I don't care if his roster ship is high. I am taking him here and, you know, plugging him in at 5,700. He is my cheat code this week by far at quarterback. Let me ask you this. If, if Lance is starting and by the time we get to like Saturday, Sunday, his projected ownership is like 25%. Would that change your mind at all? No, no. Nope. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I would, it would not. Him. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I think we, I learned my lesson from Justin Fields. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm not, I'm, well, I think I, was, I would have to fade him if his ownership gets up there, like pretty easily too. I, was, I mean, I, he couldn't throw last week. Yeah. I know, like I know, nothing I, came out clean. No, he almost missed that throw to Samuel even. Like it wasn't a good throw. He was just open by like 40 yards. I agree. I, I can see that. <laughs> I was way higher on Lance and Fields heading in the season um, because I, like I said, when Fields made his first start, I wasn't sure he was going to rush that much. Mm-hmm. That's why, you know, I was projecting for like 28 rushing yards and I loved yeah. his under 44. But Lance, absolutely, he's going to run a ton. Um, so if he's struggling as a passer, it's just going to mean more rush attempts. So that's why I'm still sticking with him. Um, you know, I think you can make a case that, you know, doesn't have a great stacking partner. You had mentioned that Debo might take a step back with Lance under center. And I agree with that. Um, so maybe the, the thing here is to kind of play a naked Lance route for two rushing touchdowns or something in the, in the red zone. But, um, yeah, I, I don't really care where the market is on him. I'm going to try to be ahead of the market and we'll roster him no matter what here. I, I, for my cheat code, I'm going with Daniel Dimes on the road <laughs> at Dallas. I mean, this sets up perfectly. First of all, Dallas is 31st. In the league, they're giving up the against quarterbacks. They're giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks this year. And this is a Daniel Jones spot. This is what he does. And I will always love to get the game scripts here. And a lot of times people just look at the, the Vegas lines to kind of give you the game scripts. And I don't like to do that. I like to look at, you know, whether I think the Vegas lines are right or wrong to get the game scripts. And so this is one where, you know, the Giants are plus seven with a high total game of 52. But I think it's going to be a little closer than people think because Daniel Jones on the road as an underdog, 10 and two against the spread in his career. Now, I don't think the Giants who rank, you know, outside the top 20 in in defensive DVOA, I don't think they're going to slow down Dallas. So if Daniel, if they keep this one close, I think it's going to have to be a shootout. So I love Daniel Jones here. Got over 400 yards against the Saints number two defense last week. Uh, he's been excellent as far as turning the ball over lately. Everything's kind of coming together for him. And the most impressive thing about last week was that they did it with no Shepard, no Slayton. Evan Ingram is still AWOL. Uh, you know, it was all kind of Saquon Barkley. They generated more explosive plays than the Saints have seen in like, you know, a year and a half uh, on defense because the Saints have been one of the week's top defenses. So uh, I love this spot for, for Daniel Jones. Um, Trevon Diggs is still, to me, he's, he's playing like the best quarter in the league right now. So, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> there might be some, some ugliness at some point, you might get a pick or two off Jones in this one. Cause Trevon Diggs does that every game, but, uh, you know, get a pick. You're just going to force the giants to have to throw the ball more. Dallas has been kind of, a, kind of messing up opponents running game plans. You know, teams have had to throw a lot more than they've had to run on Dallas through four games only 46 running back carries 
against the Dallas Cowboys. That is a league low. So you're going to get pass volume when you face these Cowboys here uh, for Daniel Jones. And he's going to be able to run it on the ground as well. So uh, I think Daniel Jones, I love it. I would uh, gladly pay up for the extra the extra $300 to get Daniel Jones in my lineup over, over Trey Lance this week. Yeah, I can't argue with that. You know, he always had that massive ceiling um, and always underrated by the market. So love that call. You didn't even mention Kenny Galladay. Um, but well, I, I'm not. Stepped... I'm not expecting him to, to to have a good game. Really? Um, well, he yeah. last week he had a good game. Is why I, I mentioned I, that. But no, um, Daniel Jones, he he was really aggressive last week. Uh, Next gen stats had him throwing aggressive past 22.5 percent of the time, which you need to throw in tight windows when it comes to Kenny Galladay. So that was a good sign to see. Um, and John Ross, Kadarius Tony stepped up. So yeah, hopefully he gets Sterling Shepard back this week, but. Even if he doesn't, he has enough weapons to, to go off here. And like you said, his rushing upside has been unreal this year. And last week, he only rushed uh, four times for 24 yards. But, yeah, he's been pretty consistently over, like, 30-plus rushing yards. So, love this call. Yeah, Dan, yeah, that, that's that's a cheat code, um, you know, I, I, for me. Uh, let's go to – Let's go to running backs here on the main slate. We have Derrick Henry at 9K. We have Alvin Kamara at 8,600. Dalvin Cook at 8,400. And then in the 7K range, we have Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, and Ezekiel Elliott. Sean, uh, what are your thoughts kind of on this tier in in the studs? Anyone you're looking to play in cash games or or potentially fade because you think they'll be a little uh, over-rostered? Just give me all the Derrick Henry here. Um, <laughs> you know, I was I was pretty high on him last week. I had mentioned that he's averaged 144 rushing yards a game and wins dating back to last year and 84 rushing yards a game and losses dating back to last year. So anytime we have a potential positive game script, we're going to want to play him. And then when A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are ruled out, I'm just like, you know, he's going to get close to 40 carries. That's exactly what happened. And now this week he faces the team he co-owns in the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm all in here. And, you know, especially with Christian McCaffrey out, um, Alvin Kamara not catching passes, Dalvin Cook banged up, not playing 100%. Aaron Jones has a tough matchup. Like, Derrick Henry sticks out like a sore thumb to me. I'm not going to overthink this. Um, He would have to be like 10K for me to consider fading him here. So I'm all over Derrick Henry here. Um, Just given the rest of this tier, I just just don't like as much this week. Yeah, I... I love I love kind of how it sets up for like tournaments though because mm-hmm. I do think that everyone's going to still go to to Henry and I actually love buying low on Dalvin. It's not really buying low. His salary didn't go down cuz he's playing the Lions, but the Lions are 30th in run defense DVOA. They're 31st in fantasy points allowed to running backs and Dalvin Cook's coming off a 9 carry 34-yard game. Uh, this is just a super bounce back spot for him and the Jaguars. You know there is a there is a path to kind of in, in tournaments fading Henry and really jump in the field because the Jaguars mm-hmm. have allowed only 358 yards on 104 carries to running backs. So they're only allowing about three 3.5 yards per carry. Now they have allowed five touchdowns. Opponents are able to rush with volume, so you're not like super concerned about Henry. But there's a path here where Henry is just not super efficient. Uh, as he is most weeks because the Jags have been above average in rushing DVOA. They've been, they haven't been allowing many uh, yards per carry. So uh, I love Dalvin cook in this spot uh, and Camara. I think Camara does rebound 
catching the football. Washington ranks 31st in DVOA on targets to running backs. So Sean Payton is, is kind of famous for using Kamara as a decoy in some games. Maybe, I mean, and maybe it's smart because he's clearly their most important player. And he did, he racked up what, like 26 carries last week? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he still lost. But so, you know, it's not like, it, it makes sense in some spots. You know, they have a bunch of no-name receivers uh, until Michael Thomas comes back outside of Kamara. So if the defense is going to focus on shutting down Kamara, uh, I, it does make sense why Sean Payton, you know, he kind of called those games sometimes where Kamara uh, has no receiving usage. But I think I think they'll remind everyone this week. So uh, I think Kamara and Dalvin, nice pivots off Derrick Henry. Uh, you're not saving too much. You're only saving maybe four, to, you know, 4K for Kamara, 6K for Cook. But the roster ship, I think, will be mm-hmm. different. So, yeah, like those two guys in, in the studs here. What about a running back that you are not as high as the market on uh, this week? Uh, it's got to be Antonio Gibson. Um, he's 6,400 facing the Saints. You know, the Saints are a team that we typically avoid running backs because they're so good, um, you know, against running backs. But also, you know, his receiving usage um, has been a huge concern. And J.D. McKissick has looked great. Um, so despite Antonio Gibson getting the ground on him last week, he had 45% routes run. To McKissick's 39%. I think that's going to flip back this week. So it's it's really hard to project Gibson for anything more than two catches. Um, so with his you know limited efficiency running the ball this week, I think 6,400 is too high. So I'm probably not going to have that many shares of Gibson uh, against the Saints. Yeah, I like that call. Say, I mean, Saquon Barkley did go off against them last week, but you know there was overtime involved. He caught a long pass on a busted coverage uh, as well. Yeah. So running the ball, uh, it's going to be tough. And Gibson does have that big play upside. I mean, he got a 73-yard pass play against the Bills, but that's very fluky, hard to, to count on. So uh, I'm actually with you on that one. For me, it's it's Aaron Jones. You kind of mentioned it. He has the tough matchup. He's right – you know, you have Henry, Kamara, Cook uh, in the top three, and then Aaron Jones is $500 cheaper. I don't think that's enough of a discount, especially when you have Austin Eckler, you know, 300 cheaper than him, and, and Saquon Barkley, 600 cheaper, Zeke. Najee Harris, I mean, Chubb, you have so many options here uh, that are just better than Aaron Jones that are, that are going to kind of give you that same uh, or even more uh, of a snap. Because Jones has been getting about 60% of the carries in the backfield, uh, running around about 60% of the, 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 the pass route. So he's not getting that true RB1 usage to where he should be priced as a top five running back. Uh, and Cincinnati, another defense, been playing well this season. Cincinnati is sixth in rushing DVOA on defense this year. So uh, I like I like the fade of uh, of Jones. And, and even Eckler is also interesting because coming off that big game, I think he will actually have roster ship that's a little too high as well. So I'll mm-hmm. mention him because Cleveland's actually number one in run defense DVOA. So Eckler had his, like I think it was second 100-yard game of his career on prime time. This could be a prime spot just because of roster ship reasons because you have other options um to fade Eckler as well so Jones and Eckler right in that you know four or five tier after that top three I think those are the fades uh all right who's your DFS cheat code or codes because there's there's a lot of fun running backs to play this week I think yeah I think an obvious one is Samaj P Ryan he he sort of feels like a free square this week at 4k um assuming you, you know Mixon's week to week so we're assuming he's out um so that it's a great matchup at home against the Packers um, so love him. I think a, a sneaky uh, Chico play this week would be James Robinson. He's 6K 
at home against the Titans. I don't know who you're going with this. Uh, you know, the, the Titans are only minus three or minus four against the Jaguars here. So this game could be closer than people think. Um, and Urban Meyer seems to figure it out that James Robinson is really good. Um, so, you know, I, Chris, uh, Carlos Hyde was out last week, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to play this week. And I don't know if it matters. I think they have figured out Robinson should be the workhorse back. He ran 82% of routes run last week. So my receiving projection for him is 3.6 receptions. I'm projecting him for 16 and a half carries against a pretty weak defense. So, um, he's in my top 10 this week. And I think at 6k people might be overlooking him despite the good Thursday night football game. But uh, I, I think he's my cheat code this week, uh, especially since he's, you know, in the 6K range, maybe overlooked. James, I would, yeah, James Robinson, that's like, if he's not the top on running back, I would be surprised. I mean, James Robinson is like, that should be the, the locked-in cash play. He's my RB8 right now, 6K. I mean, we talked about all the running backs priced over him. There's uh, a dozen or so. So uh, I think that's a smash spot here for, for James Robinson. He had... Well, Carlos Hyde was inactive last week, but Agumba Huawei isn't going to do anything either. You know, even if he's active, Hyde isn't. Robinson had a, a season high, uh, 82% of the backfield carries last week. He's it. He's it. Like, he's it right oh, now. Oh, okay. This is, I didn't this know it was that it. obvious. Oh, yeah. This is it's, <laughs> it's the spot for James. I'll try Ryan. to find somebody less obvious right now. Hold on. Oh, no, no, no. I think, no, people oh. want, this is what they want. They want the James Robinsons. They just want to know who yeah. to play, man. Please play uh, James Robinson yes, this week. please play James Robinson. Uh, along with Robinson, um, Damian Williams with Montgomery out. Williams is 5,600. We just we just saw that Raiders defense get eviscerated for uh, 117 yards on 15 carries by Eckler. Uh, and they, they, they gave up about, you know, 29, 30 running back carries in that game against the Chargers. And now they're on a short week. So you're talking about a worn down run defense on a short week. Uh, love Damian Williams. I know he has the questionable tag, but he it looks like he's going to be fine. I uh, just got a little nicked up in, in that game, but he's had 70 snaps to Khalil Herbert's 10. So he's getting about 87, 88% of the snaps divided between those two guys. And that David Montgomery was getting 80, 82% of the uh, snaps in weeks two and three. So we could see a huge snap count for Damian Williams. He's only 5,600. Uh, I love him. And then it, I would be remiss not to mention Damian Harris at 5,500. Last week was just not a Damian Harris week. Mm-hmm. He had four carries for four yards. And the week before he had six for 14. So the last two weeks, Damian Harris has 10 carries for 18 yards. And guess what? He's a, he's a top 15 running back for me this week uh, because he played the two best run defenses in the league for, you know, a couple of years running now in the Bucks and Saints. Th- these teams have consistently limited opponents' yards per carry to the low threes or the high, you know, even the high twos sometimes. Tampa Bay currently ranks number four in run defense DVOA. The Saints rank number three. But if you look at the prior year's numbers altogether, there's no two better run defenses that have been this good for this long. So you weren't going to get Damian Harris. Now you're talking about a Houston Texan defense <laughs> that – First of all, we know the talent isn't there, but they've actually not only been a run funnel in terms of game script because they can't score the ball with J- Davis Mills, they've been a literal l- run funnel in terms of DVOA and efficiency. They are eighth in pass defense DVOA, which is pretty impressive considering it's the Houston Texans, 31st in run defense DVOA. So this is the perfect matchup for Damian Harris. You, I'm talking about you could get 100 yards and two, three touchdowns from Damian Harris this week. So 5,500, 
I would I would play him in cash. I almost never play a running back that doesn't catch the ball in cash. Mm-hmm. But that is, this is the spot. This is like the like the way Zach Moss had a spot last week. Yeah, yeah. this is the spot for Damian Harris. It, the total is low. The Patriots are favored by a touch uh, more than a touchdown. Play Damian Harris. So it yeah. would not surprise me if he scores twice this week. Right? Absolutely, like, absolutely. Like hundred yards and two touchdowns. I'm yes. looking for. I'm looking for hundred yards and two touchdowns. All right, now it's time for a segment we like to call Elite Entries, where Sean and I dive into the Prize Picks apps and compare our projections to the lines to build some entries. Sean, we'll talk running backs today. Uh, we'll do two each. Who is your first Prize Picks Elite Entry at running back for Week Five? I'm going with Alvin Kamara over 78 and a half rushing yards. Uh, they're facing the football team, which hasn't been a tough matchup this year. So uh, I like going on Kamara's over here. He's been seeing a ton of rushing work lately. Uh, 24 carries um, in week three and then 26 carries last week with backup Tony Jones likely out for some time. Um, you know, they're going to lean on Kamara even more. Uh, so despite, you know, this could be a tougher matchup than we've seen from the football team. Um, this season, I still think the volume's way too high for a guy like Kamara. You know, if he sees over 20 plus touches, he's bound to break uh, a couple big runs. So love getting the over here. Yeah, Alvin Kamara is starting to get those carries. I do think he has a better receiving game this week, mm-hmm. but uh, he uh, he's been getting uh, carry workload like we haven't really seen. Uh, in the past, and they need it. You know, they obviously don't feel super comfortable with Jameis Winston uh, and Taysom Hill at quarterback. So, yeah, I have Kamara about 84 yards. So, uh, I like the over uh, on this one as well. I'm going with, for my first prize picks, elite entry running back pick, Damian Harris, over 59 and a half rushing yards. We get a Houston defense that is number 31 in the league in run defense. DVOA, but number eight in pass DVOA. So they are a run funnel and they're allowing five yards per carry even to backs on the season. So I think this number uh, is way too low. Uh, I would bet this up to about 64 and a half. I think he gets, oh, I think he could get 20 carries in this game. So you probably have even even more wiggle room than that, but uh, definitely going over the 59 and a half uh, by about five yards. Yeah, love love buying low on Damian Harris here, especially after uh, the Tampa Bay matchup and now going to Houston. Uh, I'm all over the over here as well. Yeah, two two just brutal matchups. Uh, yeah. Who is your second running back play uh, at Prize Picks for Week Number Five? Let's go with a Thursday night football prop. This is Chris Carson to go under two receptions. Um, at home against the Rams this week. You know, he's being phased out of the passing game a bit. Um, You know, 40% routes run last week. Uh, Extremely low target rate. They've been getting Alex Collins more involved, maybe to kind of like keep Chris Carson fresh for the season. So I think he'll have a big game on the ground here against the Rams, but I'm I'm just projecting him closer to one and a half catches here. Um, And he has three total receiving yards over the past three games combined. Um, so th- this is a good, this line's way too high. This is a good time to, to get this number because I do think it'll be one and a half by the, di- by the time the game kicks off. So hurry up and get under two while you can. Yeah, and even though, you know, I'm not reading too much into the Collins thing, Seattle's one of the few teams that they will use four running backs, uh, you know, in the pass game. They'll use Collins. They'll also use Homer and DJ Dallas at times. So, yeah, there's a lot of variance here to where he could easily go under. Uh, two catches uh, for my last uh, running back prop for week number five. 
I'm going with Saquon Barkley over, over 55 and a half rushing yards. This might be the first Saquon Barkley <laughs> over that we've had in a long, long time, but I think the time is right. Uh, this number has kind of been sitting in this range all four weeks of, of his, of his so we knew coming in that he wasn't going to kind of blow the top off in terms of rushing yards. Um, but if you look at his underlying usage, 88% of the backfield carries these last two weeks. And now you're facing a Dallas defense that is 19th in rushing DVOA, ninth against the pass, so a little bit, a uh, little bit of a run funnel here. That's why I think Daniel Jones has a big game. I also think he hands it off to Saquon Barkley a ton here. And Saquon Barkley sets a new season high uh, for rushing yards, uh, equipping his previous high of 57 uh, for this year. So love Saquon Barkley over 55 and a half rushing yards. I bet this up to uh, 60. Yeah, love it. I, I'm projecting him at 62 as well. And, you know, we've been hard on him heading into the season, but for good reason, he was hurt. Um, so now that he's healthy, uh, and, you know, last week he saw around 65% of the rush attempts. Now's the time to buy in on him. So with 15 to 16 carries, um, he's the type of running back that can break one loose. Um, so, yeah, this, this you know, this uh, overrunner is a little bit too low. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you and taking this probably up to 60 and a half. All right. So that's going to do it for our prize picks elite entry segment for week five. Uh, to recap, Sean going Alvin Kamara over 78 and a half rushing yards. And Chris Carson under two receptions. I'm going Damian Harris over 59 and a half rushing yards and Saquon Barkley over 55 and a half rushing yards. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to get on these lines before they shift. All right. Now back to the show. Let's go to wide receivers on the main slate. And Sean, we have... And Sean, we have seven guys, probably 7K or higher. So let's start with these guys. Devontae Adams at 8,200. Justin Jefferson at 7,700. DeAndre Hopkins at 76. DJ Moore at 75. Terry McLaurin at 74. Mike Williams. Uh, I guess they priced this before the Monday night game because he didn't do much. <laughs> 7,200. And Debo Samuel at 7,100. Uh, let me just start with Mike Williams here because I think that's interesting uh, he's probably going to be low owned because he's clearly mispriced. Does that make you want to play him more or do you still think that price is too high? Yeah, he was possibly going to be my cheat code because he's priced too high. Uh, after the Monday Night Football game, I think people are going to be off of him. But I've believed in him all offseason. Um, I had mentioned, you know, he's the guy I target in that wide receiver 40, 45 range because uh, offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi told us how he intended to use him in the X receiver role. So I'm not expecting Mike Williams to go back to the inconsistent Mike Williams where we're going to see a one, ca- uh, one catch for 11-yard game too often here. So I think he will bounce back with a five-plus catch game here. I think, honestly, he, he probably was due for some regression anyway. I think heading into this game, his target rate was something like 28%. That just wasn't sustainable anyway. So he just, you know, he had a massive regression game here. Um, and then I think next week he bounces back. Um, and I think we can expect closer to five to five and a half catches per game from him. But yeah, I think people are going to be off him. And that's why I'm still going to be on him here. Yeah. The way this sets up for me is, you know, you have Adams, Jefferson, and Hopkins are the three most expensive. Then mm-hmm. Moore, McLaurin, Williams, and Samuel are all tempting for a variety of reasons. I think Williams, it's just going to be the roster ship. And for the other more McLaurin and Sam, it's going to be the price tag. Uh, 
So for me, I'm going to go high. I'm going to go Adams, Jefferson, and Hopkins and probably fade the, the bottom four. Williams, not like I kind of like the call of like if he's going to be like 5% or something like that, yeah. then yeah, I'm going to play him. But he is overpriced as, as yeah, it stands. Yeah, he's, he's not a cash game play. Like when it comes yeah. to projection versus price, he's way overpriced. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, I'm talking tournaments here too, though. Like, yeah, I think that people are going to try to get that that little bit of a discount here with DJ Moore, who's been just crushing with Terry McLaurin, who's been crushing Debo Samuel, who's been crushing, but I see, I can poke holes in each of those guys, like DJ Moore going against Philly, uh, low total game. Slay could give him some problems. Might not be garbage time in this one. Like it was in Dallas for him to really get those touchdowns the way, you know, he, he got uh, two touchdowns in that game. Wait, uh, McLaurin going against Marshall and Lattimore has been one of the best corners in the league. Uh, in terms of PFF grades, I know he had the bust on Saquon Barkley, but that's not a wide receiver. Uh, Williams overpriced, and then Debo Samuel, Trey Lance couldn't throw the football. So uh, for me, it's like Devontae Adams against this Bengals defense has been playing the run really well, but their cornerback situation is still a little bit shaky. You know, you have Eli Apple, you have, I mean, I shouldn't say a little bit shaky, it's a lot of bit shaky. You know, you have Eli Apple and uh, Waynes and you know, just a, a group where Adam's playing 41% of his snaps in the slot. He's going to move around just like that San Francisco game. Going to move around, get the best matchup and, and go to work. And then Justin Jefferson, Detroit has no corners. And DeAndre Hopkins, another situation where just like Adams a couple weeks ago, San Francisco banged up a corner at wide receiver. I like those top three studs this week. Um, so that's how I'm doing it there. Uh, who's somebody that you are low on uh, at wide receiver this week? corner scares me right now and they're gonna play man coverage uh arizona's gonna spread them out so i think this is a nice buy low spot for hopkins um just based on what i think the roster ship's gonna be based on his pricing so everyone's probably gonna try to go a little bit cheaper i'm gonna have to go against you here and i'm gonna say i'm fading deandre hopkins still um you know he, he is too pricey at 7600 um and you know, I, I don't know if he's still playing less than 100%, but, you know, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, it seems like one of those guys steps up every week at the expense of DeAndre Hopkins. You know, he's drawing away the best coverage guy or, you know, potentially getting double teamed. He's just a guy that I, I pointed out in my week two tiers, I think it was. Maybe it was time to sell high. So right now I'm still fading Hopkins until he proves me otherwise, which I wouldn't be surprised if it happens soon. Uh, but I think this week I, I just can't see myself spending up uh, to get Hopkins. I love really that's interesting because I love him in tournaments. Like obviously you're not playing him in cash, but oh I yeah, think, I think everyone's thinking the same way. And yeah. he played a hundred percent of the snaps last week. So and he's never played fewer than 94%. So like this is he's gonna rebound. Like it's just a question Obvi- of when <laughs> <laughs> obviously he's gonna rebound, but his I mean his target rate's 15.4%, which is the lowest out of the four receivers. Obviously, he's gonna see a massive rebound here. Uh, but is it guaranteed? Like, um, we'll have to see. Is is he complaining? Usually, public comments where the you know stud wide receiver like him is complaining, usually that indicates a squeaky wheel. But uh, maybe he's fine if they're winning games. You know, why change it up? So, um, I obviously you know sprinkling a couple in tournaments is fine. But I'm just saying he's still way overpriced at 7,600. Yeah, almost as overpriced as Mike Williams, but. Almost. Yes. Almost. All right. uh, Yeah. For, all right. For me, it's going to actually be Kenny Galladay. Uh, I just think that he's going to see a ton of Trevon Diggs in this matchup. 
And that is just not going to be good for business. I know DJ Moore had the big game uh, last week, but a lot of it came in garbage time. Uh, I just think that Gaudet, it's when you look at the Giants, whether it, whether Shepard and Slayton come back or not, I think he's still the guy that you're going to be kind of focused on, on, on defense. I think Diggs uh, can take him out. And I think this is a perfect spot to where he's probably going to get some roster ship. He had six catches, 116 yards last week against a very good defense. So everybody's going to look at that and say, oh man, Kenny Galladay, 5,900. This is a spot for him. But uh, I, I'm just, I just think that the, there's a lot of, there's a wide range of outcomes with Kenny Galladay. Yes. And so, yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to ask since, since you're playing Daniel Jones, like which, which guy do you think you'd be stacking with? I'm, I'm actually leaning towards uh, naked because I think there's a lot of different guys like, you know, John Ross gets playing time, you know, depending on the situation. Cause if, even if Shepard and Slayton are healthy, will they play a full complement of snaps? You have Barkley, you have, um, you have so many guys that I would kind of lean to playing him naked or with his cheapest receiver. That's going to be like a starter. So maybe Tony would be the guy that I would look to if guys were out, but I just, I just think Galladay's roster ship is going to be too high for a non-guaranteed like smash spot here, especially against a really good corner. Cause you kind of look at Dallas, you see 29th against receivers, but uh, you know, Diggs can, can obviously take out Galladay if that's what they choose to do. And the way it's setting up, that would kind of be what they would choose to do. So, you know, let's not forget the struggles Galladay had in the first three weeks and say, <laughs> Oh, it's, it's fine now. You know, I think, I think Daniel Jones can have a good game without Kenny Galladay. So and I just again, I just it's just a roster ship situation. The same way where you're like, you know, Mike Williams overpriced, but low roster ship. Kenny Galladay probably underpriced, but uh, I think he's going to draw a lot of of attention. So fading him. Uh, what about your DFS cheat code for wide receivers? Oh man, there's a lot of options this week. Um, and let me let me just get your thoughts real quick on Curtis Samuel. So he's three K this week. Um, you know, min price. So he might stick out. He only ran around 35% of the yep. time last week. He, you know, he's coming back from the injury, but I think we could see that shoot up to 60, 70% this week. So I'm going to be watching uh, for practice reports, but with, you know, Terry McLaurin likely facing Lattimore all game um, and Logan Thomas is out. Um, this could be a big Curtis Samuel game. If again, if he plays over 60% of the, the dropbacks. So um, get, just want to get your thoughts on him. Were you able to watch the game at all or see how he looks? Yeah, I love, I love Curtis yeah. Samuel. I think, I think he's obviously going to play a lot more this week. They were easing him in last week. Now, does that mean it's going to be, you know, 80, 90%? No way. <laughs> no, but it, yeah, because Diami Brown also was ruled out of that week four game against the Falcons with a knee issue. Uh, I'm not sure if he's ruled out for week five, as far as we know, recording this on Tuesday afternoon, but there's a scenario where, let, remember last season, Washington's number two receiver played like all the snaps. Cam Sims, once he kind of jumped into that mix, he was playing this pretty much the same amount that McLaurin was playing. So Adam Humphreys was still using the same role. Samuel was used mostly as an outside receiver. So uh, I think you could see Samuel be used in that spot. Now, I don't know if that's the best spot for him long-term, but uh, there's a scenario where Curtis Samuel jumps all the way up to like triple, like to almost a full snap count this week. If, if he's healthy, I mean, if he's healthy enough to play last week, then I don't see why. So uh, yeah, I mean, at 3K, it doesn't matter. You could get it 50% exactly. and still hit. But I'm saying, yeah, there's a scenario where Curtis Samuel plays starter snaps this week. So 
uh, yeah, I like it. I like that a lot. Yeah, and I just like that he's coming off, you know, four catch, 19-yard game. No one's going to be paying attention to him. Um, with, you know, Dami Brown, if he's out, Logan Thomas is out. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones will probably be running around over 75, uh, 75% of the time. Um, I'm getting like a 4.5 reception projection for Samuel and just about 60, 65% of routes run. So he definitely has a higher ceiling um, if he plays more. But he's he's under the radar as a min-price guy. So I do like him this week as my cheat code. Yeah. So for me, uh, I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault Jr. Uh, this week. You have a, a Tennessee defense that's bottom 20 against all three receiver spots. You just had DJ Chark go on the injured reserve with a knee injury. So uh, LaVisca Chenault has been playing about 80% of the dropbacks. He's had seven or more targets in three of the four games. And he's also had a rushing attempt in three of the four games. And with you know Carlos Hyde seemingly falling out of favor a little bit, Unbawale never really runs the ball. He mm-hmm. could be the backup running back. So I think you're going to see a lot more of like Chenault, as we saw, you know, Agnew and Tavon Austin in these kind of hybrid Travis Etienne roles. So Chenault was already playing, and I think they're going to have to continue to ramp up his usage. Uh, as you mentioned, Urban Meyer seems to kind of be getting it, uh, you know, what do you mean getting it? I mean, yeah, oh, he was getting it. He was getting <laughs> we, it. I'm not even, we're not even going to comment on that because we're going to get in trouble. We're not going to get in trouble. Uh, we hope he handles that situation. Um, you know, that's not, it's none of our business, but he was getting it. Um, I'll say that. And uh, yeah, so, you know, Visca Chanel, I just think against his Tennessee defense. So they are 32nd dead last um, in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. So I think Chenault is a, a great play here, high floor guy. And then there are some options as well. You know, I think I would say at this point, it looks like Chenault would probably be that highest owned receiver in that range, but you could pivot off of him with a guy like Darnell Mooney at 4,700. He had a hundred yards plus last week and Jalen Waddle going against Tampa Bay, who's number 31 in fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. And they're, they're secondary. It's just getting like dudes are dropping like flies out there. Mm -hmm. So Jalen Waddle, a guy who can move around the formation, Will Fuller out, a game where Miami probably going to give up 30 points in, in this game. Uh, you know, they've been playing some kind of slog, some ugly games in, in a lot of these games. But remember that that Vegas game where Vegas was able to put up some points. Waddle had 13 targets and 12 catches. So, uh, you know, Waddle still has 30 targets in four games. That's seven and a half targets per game. I'd say that's pretty good for a rookie in your first four games, you know. That, that may only increase from here. So uh, Jalen Waddle is another guy uh, in that range. But love that, you know, high 4K range uh, on DraftKings to find some value here at, at wide receiver. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that Chenault call. Like we already talked about, but with DJ Chark out, I don't think they're going to lean on these ancillary receivers like Tavon Austin, um, Tyron Johnson, and Jamal Agnew, the converted cornerback and you know the kickoff return extraordinaire um and dan arnold's still learning the offense so it might take a couple weeks for him to, to get a role so i think yeah i think they're gonna lean on chanel a lot here especially against the titans um and what are your thoughts real quick on randall cobb at, at 4k um you mentioned that you know green bay's probably being hurt without uh valdez scantling cobb had those two touchdowns last week so he may be highly rostered. Is he kind of a fade for you or is 4K something you're interested in? With? No, I, I love Randall Cobb. And, you know, all the, all the props I was loud about last week, I lost, but I had some really good ones. I had Randall Cobb over 18 and a half yards um, and just smashed that because, you know, with Valdez Scantling out, um, I, I think 
Cobb's playing time is solidified right now. So um, let me just double check his routes run. Lazard was a, he went to like 90 something. I think Cobb was like 65. Yeah. Yeah. So Lazard went up to 93%, Cobb 63%. Lazard's not really seeing targets though. Um, and yeah. let's be honest, you know, Rogers wanted them to bring in Randall Cobb. So Rogers is going to be targeting Randall Cobb. So that's what we saw last week. So, you know, Cobb's playing time could go up from here. So I, I'm very interested in Cobb at this price. Um, I still think he's going to lean on Adams, but the, the Bengals have been pretty smart on defense. Maybe, you know, they double him, uh, you know, and, you know, Cobb has another big game, but I'm very interested in Cobb at this price. Yeah. The one thing I would say though, is if we do see that, like as the week progresses, that he's going to be super popular, uh, which he could be, mm-hmm. uh, I would pivot to, to Lazard in tournaments because, Lazard, again, ran around on 93% of the dropbacks. And even though Lazard has been quiet this year, Aaron Rodgers has a tendency. It's kind of like Valdez Scantling. Like Lazard is now in that Valdez Scantling role where you could have like three, four terrible games. And then Aaron Rodgers like, hey, I'm going to just hit this guy deep all game. So um, I, I think there is some, some like an interesting contrarian play for Cobb. And another one I'll mention is Cedric Wilson for the Cowboys. It's a pivot off. Uh, a guy I'm sure we'll talk about in this next segment on tight end, <laughs> Dalton Schultz. But yeah. the Giants are number 31 in DVOA versus non-number one and number two wide receivers. So Cedric Wilson, I've been in, I've been liking the moves he's been putting on defensive backs when he catches the ball. I think Cedric Wilson has some moves. I think he can get some yards after the catch uh, in this game. So uh, he's another one I'll point out. But let's go to the tight end position on the main slate. We have Darren Waller. At 7,300, because we have no Travis Kelsey. He's on the showdown. We have Waller at 7,300. Kittle, 5,600. He's questionable. TJ Hawkinson at 5,500. Gronk, uh, he's doubtful. He's not going to play. Uh, and then Dallas Goddard is is 5,100. So you have four guys that are 5K and higher. Uh, Waller coming off just a four-catch, 50-yard game with a good touchdown catch though he went up and got it uh seven targets in each of his last three games after 19 in the first are you willing to pay up for waller uh or is this one where you're kind of you you think the price differential between him and all the other tight ends is too great yeah i think the the price differential is too great um and you know he hasn't been getting that many catches the past couple games it was crazy because Derek carr was throwing for over 380 yards and Waller was just producing mediocre games. So, I mean, he's due for a breakout, but it is pretty clear that Carr is spreading it around. Um, Ruggs has looked really good. Um, you know, Brian Edwards, unfortunately, wasn't able to hit your prop, but I'm sure he'll bounce back this week. So, you know, Waller is not just – he's not dominating as much as we're used to. So that's why I'm probably fading him at this price. There, there's a lot of good options this week, um, but I think the guy right under that is who I'm interested in, and that's Noah Fant at 4,900, um, you know, with, with Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler out, um, you know, the targets are going to be even more concentrated to guys like Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, and Noah Fant. Um, we saw Fant's routes run go up to 86% this week. So it's no surprise. He, he went off for six catches, 46 yards and a touchdown, but um, it wouldn't surprise me if he stays over 80%, you know, he entered the season dealing with an injury. Um, so maybe now he's hundred percent. Now we saw his playing time go up, but Love Fant going forward. Um, but yeah, a lot of these cheaper tight ends, like uh, CJ Uzoma is 3K. He might be popular. Um, Jared Cook, especially after Monday Night Football, I think 
Um, people are more aware of him now. I think Fant's pretty sneaky, um, sort of just under that elite tier at 4,900. So um, he's my cheat code at tight end this week. Yeah, for me, it's going to be – I mean, there are a few guys, again, I, I think I think Dalton Schultz will be popular. I think, you know, he's, he's getting interesting after seeing him, you know, continue to be a part of this offense. But uh, I'm going to have Ricky Sales-Jones here at min price. Nice. I mean – He's, he ran around on over 80% of the dropbacks last week, and you mentioned it. You have these kind of multiple options in Washington's offense to choose from at min price, whether it's Curtis Samuel, Seals Jones. And, I mean, if you don't think Samuel is going to run a full snap count, Seals Jones might. I mean, because the only other tight end they have is Sammy's race. And, you know, he's been to healthy Oops. scratch. Sammy's race. Sammy's no, I was race. joking. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's how it's pronounced it. But uh, he's been he's been a scratch. Uh, he'll probably play more than a guy like John Bates uh, as, you know, as a receiving tight end, but it's very possible that Seals Jones inherits that full Logan Thomas workload yet again. Uh, Cause he did it last week. And that workload is like 90% routes per dropback. Yeah. So uh, again, just like Samuel, there's this massive upside. And if Seals Jones takes that same role, the, that's actually even a more guaranteed, uh, you know, usage rate than a guy like Samuel. So uh, I love Seals Jones as a as a true cheat code, you know, a guy who, you know, he very well could bagel, but he could also play 90% of the snaps and get like five, six catches and a touchdown. So uh, I think he's a, he's a great tournament play uh, for this week at the tight end position. And, yeah, the studs, I think Waller, you know, you play him in some tournaments because I don't think – I think people will shy away a little bit <laughs> um, after all the, you know, kind of the slow games. And it's, you have like Fant and Schultz and – uh, some other, you know, Hunter Henry, I think is a, is an interesting option. Probably not the game script for him, but he's seeing a big uptick in, in routes as well. But there's a lot of cheap guys to where I don't think people will play enough Waller. So uh, I think I'll be back on, on the Waller train this week. Uh, okay. Who are you fading? Uh, probably Dallas Goddard at 5,100. Um, you know, he's been able to produce these past few games, despite being in a, you know, even timeshare with Zach Ertz right now. You know, they're splitting um, routes run down the middle, um, but he's still been able to produce last week, five catches, 56 yards and a touchdown. So at 5,100, you know, I don't think people are going to be shying away from him, but, you know, he's all the way down to like, I think, tight end 16 right now. He just doesn't have that sticky usage um, to really keep this up. So he's he's my fade this week at 5,100. Yeah, I, it's I, it's hard to find another guy but the size of Dallas Goddard because <laughs> he's just so overpriced. Uh, I would much rather play Zach Ertz at 3,400. They're running essentially the same yeah. uh, number of routes. So, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's got it for me as well. All right. So I just realized that we didn't do the props right after each position. So oh, okay. Matt, Mitchell, or Titus, you're going to have to, I would say, paste those in, right? I mean, you could weave them. We could just do them here. But if you can, try to paste them in. Um, right after each position. So I'll kind of set them up so that you can do that if you want. All right. All right, Sean, who is our quarterback prop for week five? It's Trey Lance. Uh, total passing yards uh, at price picks. It's uh, 20, 225 and a half right now. Um, now we got Justin Fields way wrong the first game, um, but where do you have Lance projected? Uh, I have him at 225 even if i wow. were to give him 100 percent of the <laughs> of this the uh the usage and you know i, I actually have it projected 50 50 for him and jimmy g but yeah 
So I would, I would go under though, because I just don't think he, I don't think he looked like is comfortable throwing the ball. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is comfortable throwing the ball. And remember what we saw from Kyle Shanahan when he wasn't comfortable with some, you know, some aspect of his offense earlier already this year, when he wasn't comfortable with his backfield, he played and he's been playing Kyle Juszczyk, you know, more snaps at tailback and third down back and hurry up back. than a guy like Trey Sermon, then a guy like Jaquez Patrick. So if Lance plays and you're starting from zero, zero, you know, you're not kind of down in, in that second half against the Seahawks, then I think you see an extremely run heavy game plan. I think this is the week. I, I still think you see a ton of rushing usage from Lance, like you said, but I don't see him throwing the football, diving up a ton of throws for Lance. And again, if you take out that Debo Samuel 76 yard touchdown and also Debo Samuel fought for extra yardage on his other touchdown as well, helping Lance out. But those are kind of plays that you can't count on week in and week out. I think you're falling way short of this total. Uh, I could see it. I'm not saying he gets sacked nine times and has one net passing yard like <laughs> Justin Fields, but I'm saying that I yeah. would not rule out a pretty ugly passing line for Trey Lance in this one. There is some volatility there because I do think that, you know, if you do dial up plays for Lance, they should be deeper, deep throws. Like I don't think you want him given his accuracy, like making all these short and intermediate throws all day. Um, that I think that'll get dangerous, but yeah, I don't see it. Like what, where are you kind of leaning? Yeah, I'm with you there, even though I'm, I'm projecting him a little bit higher. Um, so I'm right around 235 right now, but it's earlier in the week. I don't feel confident about it. Um, so I agree. I think we can't rely on a 76-yard touch on the Debo again. Um, so I think he does have a lower floor. I'm more interested to see where his rushing yards prop is. I think if it's anything under 40, I'm hammering the over um, because I think that's going to be more predictive for him. Like I said, it wouldn't surprise me if we see you know eight to nine design runs for him. So, you know, I'm projecting that closer to 45, 50 yards this week. So I think I'm passing on the passing yards, but I'll probably be on the over when it comes to his rushing prop. Yeah. I have 44 for Lance uh, is in my nice. initial projections right now. If I gave him a hundred percent, you know, if he started. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. All right, Sean, who is our running back prop? So it's got to be Cordella Patterson, total rushing and receiving yards. We need to spend our weekly Cordella Patterson discussion. Um, I, I seem to not change my stance on him, but I, I'm, I'm getting there. Uh, he, he's a mid-range RB2 for me now, but um, I'm curious to hear how you're projecting his rushing stats. So I have his prop at 69 and a half total scrimmage yards. I have it at... So I have Matt actually at 64. So okay. even though I have been kind of hinting that, hey, we need to not <laughs> ignore this guy. Let's not just write him off. This is actually a thing. Uh, yeah, I have him, you know, right in that range, a little lower. I mean, the one concern for me, and let me look it up to just find the exact number of snaps he played. So the one concern for me is that, he played only 30% of the snaps last week when he had that 11 touch, you know, 116 total yard, three touchdown game. He still only played 30% of the snaps. So his snap counts in, in the four weeks have been 33%, 33%, 42%, and 30%. So uh, I think they've kind of settled on him as in this role. Remember, he's not, he's not super young. So, you know, he's mm -hmm. 31. No, wait a minute. He is 30, so and he does play a key role on special teams. 
So I do worry uh, about, is he really going to get to that 50% rate at any time? Now, based on production, I, I think it's fair that he does. Mike Davis has been averaging just 3.1 yards per carry and five yards per catch. So you could make a very good case that Patterson, and maybe it's this week because he had the big game last week. Maybe it's this week, but until we see that, I have to be a little bit conservative, but all that being said, he's still my RB 23. So low end <laughs> RB two for me too, but yeah, I'm a little bit under that total yardage projection, which I'm, I'm guessing now that I think about it, you probably raised it. Didn't you just knowing I'm no, old, no, so no. Bullish. Like, uh, no, well, <laughs> let's let's just agree on something. He is really hard to project right now, right? Like yeah. he's impossible to project. And I think the one thing that we can say for certain is he's going to regress when it comes to this touchdown production. However, like I agree with you, his playing time, it's been insane how productive he's been in such limited playing time. You know, he's seeing 25% of the rush attempts. He's only running around 30% of Matt Ryan dropbacks. Like it's insane. And he has a 39% target rate on those routes. Um, so something's got to give, he can't maintain that efficiency, but it would not surprise me if his playing time goes up. So that's why I'm still, you know, I I'm increasing his playing time, but I agree. I think just given his role in special teams, he's not really a guy that can handle a ton of touches every week. Um, so he does have a limit, but that's why my, my yardage is going up because I'm expecting his playing time to go up. Um, so that's why, no, I'm not trying to trick you or anything. I'm trying to get this right. Um, so it's probably, you know, a good line is probably in the middle of our projection. So what 67 and a half yeah. would be a fair line, I think. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm trying to get, I'm not trying to play games here. Oh, no, no. Right. Cause I remember I'm trying to get it right. <laughs> when we had, uh, when we had our guy Freeman on a lot of times, I know you would kind of think about how Freeman and I would, would answer and you yeah. kind of shade the line, <laughs> uh, with me, it's usually under with, with but you know, I, I was pretty bullish on Patterson. Um, this yep. podcast, definitely one of the few, or maybe the only that talks about Patterson, uh, Osborne, <laughs> some of those guys. So, uh, let's keep it going. All right. Uh, Sean, who is our wide receiver prop for week five? Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the impossible here and we're going to talk about Josh Gordon and his prop. Uh, I mean, this is an almost impossible line to set. So I'm going to just throw it out there. Uh, 13 and a half receiving yards. <laughs> I actually had him. Uh, so my mean projection is about 1.4 catches for 19 yards. Okay. So You're I'd be a little bit over, pretty... even with the median, I'd be a little yeah. bit over. I mean, it, so I'll say this it really surprised me that Josh Gordon was going to play. Um, like I just, I thought that like he was going to be on the practice squad, kind of like, you know, Le'Veon Bell, one of those guys just kind of sit there for a while. Because teams are signing these, the rules allow for NFL teams to sign bigger names to practice squad. So I just thought Gordon was just going to kind of rot. And eventually he would take over for Doris Fountain on the roster as like the <laughs> sixth receiver who's still like a healthy scratch on game days. But this news makes me think that maybe they wave like a Marcus Kemp or something. I mean, I thought they liked Marcus Kemp on special teams, but you also have Pringle. I think Pringle's a he's a better like dual threat. Like, you know, he can play receiver and he can play special teams. So maybe it's just fountain that they wave and, and they, cause they have been having uh Kelsey bell Fortson and gray active at tight end. You could easily deactivate a tight end. Yeah, that's true. Wave fountain, let Gordon take his spot, deactivate a tight end on game days and still get, you know, have the same situation pretty much. So maybe they do that, but I, I was, I will say I was surprised, but given that they're going to activate him, it does make me think he's going to play. So what I'm doing is I'm giving him 
kind of about two thirds of the Byron Pringle uh, mm-hmm. snaps and knocking Pringle down into like, you know, the 10% range where, you know, it was really, Marcus Kemp was kind of at 5%. So that's kind of how I'm going about it. So I have him about 30% routes run. Um, where do you have him? Yeah, I'm right, I'm right there with you. And that's what I was going to ask. I, I was expecting him to get called up, um, you know, next week or week seven. So does like the early call up, does that mean uh, he's ready to rock or they just want to get him out there? And like you said, more like 10 to 15 percent routes run. I think you answered my question. Um, yeah. And uh, like, are you so I did the same thing with Pringle. Are you dinging Hardman or Robinson at all? Or do you think they're still going to be around 65 percent this week? You know, Hardman is automatically dinged by the fact that he's just never quite does what we want him to do. But um, I took a little bit away from Robinson because I think that's the more net. I think Hardman's role is, is just a different role. I, I think, and I could be wrong because we've been wrong about this before, but I have Hardman at about uh, 70, 70%, Robinson 60%, and then Gordon 30%. So that's, you know, I took a little more away from Robinson than, than anyone. Cause I think the Robinson has not been productive this year. And if Josh Gordon were to take over for somebody long-term, I still think it would be Robinson. Like I still think, yeah. cause remember they almost didn't resign him. It was this off season, right? Like he, they let him yeah, kind he, of test free agency. Yep. Yeah. So I think quietly they do love him as an organization. I will say that, but. Um, I don't know why. Um, yeah. So last week, the, the most DeMarcus Robinson line ever, 24 routes run zero targets. Right. Exactly. So that's, you know, I think that's kind of, hurrying the need to maybe <laughs> kind of get guard Gordon here. But yeah. again, I think the line, you know, it's somewhere in the teens is, 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 is good because let's remember his five games with Seattle, which I think is a fair comparison to start. He played 37% of the snaps, 33, 36%, 56 and 37 in his five games. So always, you know, kind of between 37 and 56, two catches, 27 yards, one catch, 10 yards, one catch, 10 yards, two catches, 34, one catch, 58 yards. So, He's probably going, not going to get more than two catches in this game. It's just a matter of how many yards does he get. So I think something in that range where you expect him to get about one, one and a half catches, um, whatever yardage you think. That's, that's bonus, uh, bonus prop. You could just answer with one word if you want. Um, but over under. So his, his highest receiving yardage game this season, over under 79 and a half yards over because he has Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> okay. Fair point. Fair point. You? Uh, I, well, I think that's a good line. Yeah. I would, <laughs> 79, you, go over. Yeah. you can't get 79.5 on the box score. So you got to um, go over under. I'll go over with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. The only uh, reason why. Imagine if they started putting like tens of yardage in box scores and fantasy leagues were won and lost on like oh, yeah. <laughs> NFL scoring ridiculousness. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, all right. Let's go to our tight end prop now, Sean. Who do we got for tight ends? Uh, so <laughs> we're going to have to go Dalton Schultz. Um, you know, I've been betting the under on his prop for a couple weeks now, and now I'm going the other way. Uh, I, I probably can't get enough Dalton Schultz this week. I'm probably going to go over his prop. So curious where you have him. Um, so my projection right now is 39 and a half, and it, it feels low just given his underlying usage. So, are you, so where are you do you have my him? projections right now? Cause I have them at 40 even. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's a great line. Uh, I have him 3.6 catches for 40 yards for the first three weeks. Dalton Schultz and Blake Jarwin were running pretty much the same exact number of routes per drop back on the season. It's only a 62 to 54% split in favor of Schultz, but Last week, 
Schultz, 76%. Jarwin, 36%. So I'm not even giving Schultz like the full, you know, like I'm not giving him that split over Jarwin. I'm actually going a lot more conservative with the season long split pretty much. And Schultz is still my tight end nine. I'm still having catching over three and a half balls for 40 yards on the dot, uh, 0.35 touchdowns. So, you know, about one every three games or so, you'd expect them to get a touchdown for anyone that likes to bet the anytime touchdown scoring props. Uh, and this could be another good matchup for him. The Giants haven't been particularly good against tight ends. So, uh, yeah, like Dalton Schultz this week. Yeah, I'm right there with you. He's my tight end 10. Uh, Jared Cook passed him up after the Monday Night Football game. Um, so, yeah, he's my tight end 10. And, you know, like you said, he, he almost doubled uh, Blake Jarwin's routes run last week. So I think that's that's the stickiest thing that we can go off here. Um, Dak's been leaning on him. Dak really hasn't been checking down to Zeke. Um, so despite Zeke running a ton of routes, you know, he saw zero catches last week. So, you know, Schultz is kind of doing it all. And I wonder if, you know, when Michael Gallup eventually returns, if maybe his target share will go down. Uh, but just right now, just Dalton Schultz seems like a top 10 tight end. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where his prop ends up this week. Maybe it ends up being like 45 and a half and we have to go under again. But I, I'm hoping we get to finally go over on a Schultz prop for once. I'm guessing the roster ship for DFS will be high. So that's yeah. that's where I am thinking about going some Wilson, maybe even some drama. You know, who knows? But yeah. Um, and then and then uh, CeeDee Lamb's pretty cheap as well. So there, there are a lot of options, I think, in DFS if it looks like. Schultz is going to be highly rostered. Check our Fantasy Labs models uh, for ownership projections. But uh, yeah, I like I have him at forty yards, and I, I would think the books actually open it higher because I think it was around thirty. Yeah, I it was think like it closed at about thirty-four and a half. Yeah, uh, last Prize Picks I think had it a little higher. They were ahead of the game at like thirty-eight and a half, which yeah. is why I took the under. I thought that was you know higher than market, but he blew that out of the water. I think in the first <laughs> quarter. So, yep. yet again, so, yet again. Shouts to Dalton Schultz, man, making a probably getting himself paid. So um, we're losing money on Dalton Schultz, but I'm sure he's making himself <laughs> not anymore. Not okay. after last week. That's enough. <laughs> hey, we had week five hasn't happened yet. He could bagel. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, he, yeah. <laughs> he's like the Ryan Tannehill. As soon as we start betting on him, that's when he sucks. Yeah, this is football, remember? Like things never go quite as planned. <laughs> Okay, now we're going to do a new segment in the Fantasy Flex podcast. Uh, we hope you guys like it. Sean and I are going to build a Millie Maker lineup. Uh, so let's uh, let's open our DraftKings, and we'll, we'll alternate. We can alternate who goes first. Uh, you can go first this week. Uh, we'll build a lineup on DraftKings uh, for the main slate for the Millie Maker. Okay, I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to steal one of the guys that you talked about. And let's go with Ricky Seals Jones. What do you think about that at tight end? Oh, yeah. Some I just love the though. upside because, you know, tight end, we've been talking about the past few weeks. That, you know, it doesn't take much for a tight end to have a big week. Um, and I'm projecting him at three catches with the, the underlying usage he had last week. And he could be a red zone target for Heineke. I mean, Ricky Seals Jones, six foot five, 243. He's a beast. So it would not surprise me if he has three catches for 30 yards and one or two touchdowns. So I think he's the perfect kind of tight end play at tight end. And then we could spend up at all the other positions just because I think tight end's pretty wide open this week. So love going here. Yeah. And I, I, I'm sure you saw the Giants Washington game on Thursday, a couple of weeks ago where Seals Jones had that amazing catch in the yeah. back of the end zone late in that game. So he's also proven to be a clutch player and he's had some big games with the Cardinals as well, where he's caught multiple touchdowns. 
So uh, yeah, like it. Yeah, he's always been solid, and like you said, the Cardinals weren't a really they're they're not a good scheme for tight ends. So he's he's flash upside in the past. So I think, um, especially last week, he only caught two balls for 19 yards. He's going to be totally overlooked here. So love going just extremely cheap at tight end. Uh, I'll I'll stick with the cheap theme and go with a cheap running back. I'm locking in Damian Harris uh, in this. Houston game. Houston, again, a run funnel, 31st in DVOA against the run, eighth against the pass. Uh, Patriots, a, a big favorite. Uh, on the road, Bill Belichick doesn't mess around. He goes in there to take care of business. He doesn't get fancy, and I don't think he throws the ball around 50 times. This is just going to be a, a Damian Harris uh, smash spot. So, love Harris this week, 5,500. Let's lock him in. So, we got Harris, 5,500 uh, at running back. Seals Jones, 2,500 at tight end. And we have uh, a 6K average left to spend uh, among seven. Yeah, who's going to start uh, spending these dollars? Should it be me? Hey, it's, we got to get some stuff in there. I, I usually do like to build from low to high. Though, yeah, so. same here. Yeah. Same here. Um, yeah, you you had mentioned him being cheap. He's a guy that, that I've been eyeing, and that's C.D. Lamb. Um, so, you know, I guess we're kind of fading Dalton Schultz here, but Dalton Schultz had these two big games. I think CD lambs due for a big game, um, against the, the giants, he's 6,200. So we still have a lot of money to spend. Uh, but I, I like getting an elite wide receiver in there at a cheaper price and then go from there. All right. So yeah, we have Damian Harris, CD lamb, Ricky Seals Jones. So we have a running back, a wide out and a tight end. I'm going to go with a quarterback here. Let's get Daniel yeah. Jones in here. Thank you. I yeah. like the correlation between Jones and lamb, especially yeah. since I'm not sure exactly who I want to stack Jones with. So we probably will end up going naked Jones here, but we will still have some correlation bringing, uh, bringing it back with CD lamb, Daniel Jones at six K Damian Harris at 55 CD lamb at 62 and Ricky Seals Jones at 2,500. That leaves us five spots. Uh, running back two wideouts, a flex and a defense, and we have an average of 59.60 per player. So we're in good shape. Yeah, we got to start spending up. Thank you for picking the quarterback. I was I was deciding between Daniel Jones and Hertz there, uh, but I love going uh, naked Jones. I promise I won't throw Galladay in here. Um, <laughs> but let's see. So go defense right now? No, no, no. no, no. I'm I mean, not, I'm saying like that's, that I, I do that sometimes. I've done this before, you know, uh, do the, the live lineups. I'll, sometimes I'll just go to the defense. It's like, it's easy. You know what? I, I think I'll go defense here um, okay. because I was going to talk about this as my cheat code. You, you stole him from me. It's Damian Harris uh-huh. stacking him with the Patriots defense. Ooh, I don't I care like if they're chalky. I love it. Bill Belichick facing Davis Mills. Are you kidding me? Um, so, yeah, I, I could easily see a pick six here. Um, and you know, this, this correlates really well, Damian Harris. Um, so yeah, let's go Pat's defense. All right. So we got a quarterback, a running back, a wide out, a tight end and a D it's Daniel Jones, Harris, lamb, Ricky sales, Jones, and the Pat's D we're paying up. Maybe yeah, they paying don't up get for it. defense. I rarely yeah. do that, but maybe they don't yeah. get as much ownership though, just cause they are 4,900. You can yeah. get a pr- pretty good player for that. So I do kind of like how you, you maybe keep the ownership, uh, in check here. All right, so we still don't have a a stud, and I mentioned it. Uh, I want to buy low, or maybe it's not buying low on salary wise, but um, coming off a bad game, I love Dalvin Cook in a rebound spot here. Uh, he's off the injury list, so uh, the Lions are second to last in in fantasy points allowed to, to running backs. They're thirtieth in run defense DVOA. Uh, Dalvin Cook's pretty good, so let's pay up for Dalvin since we saved on Harris here and go eighty four hundred for Dalvin Cook at our at our running back spot. Perfect. Um, 
So we have 5,500 now uh, on average to spend on two wide receivers and a flex. Okay. Um, so, so when it comes to the Dolphins Bucks matchup, who do you think Howard's matching up with? Who do you think Jones is matching up with? Is that Evans and Godwin? So, yeah, I, I would go with Godwin. I think uh, it's a tougher matchup on the outside for Brown and Evans who would see more of Howard and Jones. Uh, Nick Needham has been playing well so far. Yeah. Justin Coleman also plays in the slot some, but I still think this is a a Godwin bounce back. Five for 55 last week, pretty quiet. But when you're playing the Dolphins, I still think you look to exploit that slot matchup. And Tom Brady to Chris Godwin is in a weak connection to where I don't care if Nick Needham's ranked, you know, 26th or whatever it is in, in PFF. We still know that Howard and Jones are more talented uh, cornerbacks. So, yeah, Godwin would be the guy I would uh, I would. Kind yeah, of that's mean to. Uh, yeah, I'm going with him here. Especially, I'm leaving the door open if you want a mini game stack with. I don't know, like Jalen Waddle. So, um, I, I think the Dolphins keep it close this week. I actually like them. Um, what is it? Plus ten and a half right now. But um, yeah, I think Godwin bounces back with a big game here. Uh, and you know, the the matchup on paper looks hard because it's the Dolphins, but he will likely have the easier matchup um, in the slot. So that's why I want to go with Godwin here. I love having two elite receivers at, at a cheaper price this week that might be overlooked. So uh, I'm going with Godwin here. All right. So, you know what, let's go with Waddle then is our third Love receiver 4,800 uh, again, <laughs> name a Tampa Bay corner at this point, like Richard Sherman, <laughs> Richard Sherman. Right. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> you know, and he played, he played well given the circumstances, but he'll be on the outside. Yeah. Waddle's playing, you know, 85 ish percent of the snaps. He was playing over 90% in some of the games without Fuller. So with Fuller out, I think he could jump back over. And remember with, with these rookies, this is around the time now, you know, Waddle's had four games. He's averaged seven and a half targets per game. He's had a 10 catch game already. So the bucks have given up, 84 catches to opposing wide receivers. That is seven more than any other defense in the National Football League. So this could be a, a sneaky spot for another double-digit catch game for Jalen Waddle. I love the correlation with Chris Godwin. So uh, going with Waddle at 4,800. And so that gives us a lineup uh, of everyone but the flex, and we have 5,400 to, to play with here for that final flex spot. So it's on you, Sean. Oh, wait, who's our second running back? Our second running back is Dalvin Cook. Oh, yeah. So we have – I'll just read it for people listening. Yeah. We have Daniel Jones, Damian Harris, Dalvin Cook, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Godwin, Jalen Waddle, Ricky Seals-Jones, and then the Patriots defense. So all we need is a flex. 5,400 left. 5,400 left. Would you prefer – like, there, there isn't a tight end in this range, but a, a two-tight end team is always a good way to go contrarian. Um would you rather go wide receiver or running back here? I, I think it just depends on the player. Just I, I don't usually kind of differentiate. I think in cash games, I'm more strict to trying to go with a running back because I think you get a higher floor. Um, but in tournaments, I, I just look at kind of who I can get at that price range yeah. and, and go from there. So, I mean, the guy at the top is we have Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd, Melvin Gordon, Jamal Williams, uh, Fournette, a lot of bucks. Wait, no, yeah. I, yeah, a lot of bucks in this in this range. But uh Jacoby Myers, we got some Henry Ruggs, so a bunch of guys. Anyone kind of jumping out of TJ Hawkins? Wait, no, TJ Hawkins is one more hundred. Okay. Yeah, it's it's rough here. 5,400. I can't go with Parker and Waddle. Um, all right, let, let's go with Tyler Boyd here. Um, I mean, even if T. Higgins returns, I think you know, people will probably overlook Boyd anyway. If T. Higgins is out, Boyd probably have another big game. 
Um, but just, you know, especially against the Packers, I think you could see another 10 plus targets here. So let, let's go with Boyd here. Yeah. And the Packers, I mean, especially with, it looks like Alexander is going to be out. So Stokes, I mean, he'll play on the outside. The Packers are probably going to have to give extra help on the outside, especially if, if Higgins is back. So I think that could still open things up in that, you know, inside against Chandon Sullivan for Tyler Boyd. So I actually like the matchup either way for Boyd. Cool. And uh, he's a, he's another guy that people keep sleeping on, but it's he, like, he, he can catch 10 balls in this game. Yeah. So, especially with, uh, you know, Joe mixing out, they've been very run heavy the first four weeks, but with mixing out, I'm assuming they'll, they'll throw a bit more. Um, and you know, what better target than Tyler Boyd, you know, more high percentage throws the Boyd. Um, with mixing out would would make sense here. So I think Boyd's sneaky this week, even if T. Higgins uh, does suit up. And I assume that Jamar Chase will get higher roster ship either way. Yeah. Um, just because yeah. He, he's the sexy rookie, you know, guy that's also due for a breakout. So it's, you know, let's not, uh, you know, shade him. But uh, yeah, I like this lineup. So, all right. So here's what we got. Daniel Jones at 6K, Dalvin Cook at 8,400, Damian Harris at 5,500 as our two running backs. Chris Godwin at 6,300 at wide receiver. CeeDee Lamb at 6,200 at wide receiver. Jalen Waddle, uh, 4,800 at wide receiver. Tyler Boyd, 5,300 in our flex. He's also a wide out. Uh, and then we got Ricky Sales-Jones at 2,500 at tight end. The Patriots defense paying up 4,900 uh, at defense. And we have 100 left over. Usually like to have at least 100 left over, if not more. <laughs> I think that gives you a little more contrarian yeah, uh, lineup. So never, never really ever go with the full uh, salary when I'm building lineups like this. That's that's kind of a, a tip that I learned that tends to increase your uh, your upside most most weeks. Every once in a while, you'll see one win with with a full, but usually it's you save at least a hundred off. All right, so that's going to do it for our week five fantasy flex podcast presented by Prize Picks. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the new format where we broke down each position, we built the lineup. Uh, you can follow Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Raybon, and you can find us both at those same handles in the Action Network app. Be sure to check out actionnetwork.com for our fantasy rankings and projections and check out fantasylabs.com for our DFS content models and tools. Until next time, let's get this money. <laughs> <laughs>